thank you both for uh, Joni and Dr. Silver to um, come on our podcast and then speak to us about mushrooms and maybe some other things too. Um, I know our listeners are really excited to uh, for this episode. We've kind of been talking about it in the shop, so give them a little sneak peek. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about our conversation. We we recently spoke with um, with Julianne Lee. Do you know who Julianne Lee is? With Adored Beast. Yeah, I'm a big fan of hers. Yeah. Yes, she's yeah. amazing. And yeah. when I when I look at what you guys are doing and what she's doing, um, I mean, she does a lot of different things with pre and probiotics and and some homeopathics and, and mushrooms yep. now. So, um, but I feel like you guys really uh, are very similar with with how you do things and um, and your in your beliefs and, and so on and so forth. So. Um, that's Anyways. good. We can, it's a compliment because we really respect what she does. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's good to hear. Um, yeah. yeah. And this, this whole, you know, this, this, this subject of, of mushrooms is, is pretty new for me. Um, but it's really kind of opened the door as far as another option or another alternative for healing for our pets and for, and for even obviously for us as well. Um, Absolutely. so anyways, I'm, I'm really excited about our conversation today. Um, but before we jumped in uh, and start talking about mushrooms and so forth, I kind of wanted our followers just to get a little background. You guys are probably tired of giving your backgrounds all the time on different podcasts, but maybe just like a short like synopsis of, of you guys have very interesting stories. I've listened yeah. to some other podcasts with you guys, and you guys have really um, kind of cool, cool stories about how you came or how you got to this point. So yeah, very different. Yeah, uh, Doc, Doc Rob, why don't you go first, and I'll I'll uh, all right, I'll well, follow up. I'm a veterinarian of many years experience. I graduated from vet school in 1982. At the time, I thought I knew everything there was to do to deal with all the diseases I would do battle with, you know, in the trenches in my exam room. But after a couple of years in practice, I became aware that there are certain diseases, uh, chronic diseases, diabetes and cancer and epilepsy and you know, and Cushing's and all sorts of complicated diseases that the tools that I was taught in veterinary school really were not quite adequate to address them. And so I started looking for other answers. And I looked for that in diet and became a proponent of raw diets. I looked at that in herbs. I was, I'm actually a, a backpacker. And so I learned about using herbs for nice. um, edible herbs for survivalism. So it was, a, and then in vet school, we learned about poisonous herbs. So for me, it was like, you know, the next thing was to learn about the medicinal herbs, you know, and then, you know, and then it just kept building on itself in practice. As I got more and more successes, I did acupuncture, Chinese herbal medicine, medicine, massage. And, um, you know, and so, and so it has just been a, um, a process of learning new tools to address these more complicated diseases. And as an herbalist, because I really focused on herbalism, I, I really got into the herbs. And when cannabis became more legal, I, I became an expert in the use of cannabis and CBD in our pets. Um, and then, you know, mushroom products, you know, mushrooms have been around for thousands of years, but it's only been sure. recently that we've had some decent products available in the consumer space that we could actually use. Otherwise, you're going to have to take the dried mushrooms, and cook them up and go through a whole process, which makes it a lot more difficult. Mm -hmm. So that's where I um, reached out to Real Mushrooms because I saw an opportunity to really help the pet population. So, so I reached out to them to let me put together a line of mushroom products for pets. And so we're just in the beginning phases. We've got a we've got a number of products, but we've got a lot more in the pipeline coming down. You know, so um and 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 we've been working hard on developing content because as you say, mushrooms are new to most people, you know, yeah. mushrooms are new to this whole space. And so there's a lot of education, there's kind of a steep you know, learning curve of education. And that's what Joni and I are doing. We think more, even more important than really digging down on sales and marketing is education. You know, education is really the best marketing there is. And once people learn more about mushrooms and how great they are and how to use them and how to use them for certain things, we think that things are going to be pretty good for the pet space as a result. That's, that's really, fine. that's really interesting. That's so you, you actually, you knew this about this company and I mean, you, you really okay. liked what they were doing. And so you were like, I think I could take this and, and, and help them out a lot in the pet realm. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and 
I worked for another company, a, vet, a veterinary nutraceutical company, where I formulated 40 products over 25 years for veterinarians. And about, um, about eight years ago, I was called upon to do a mushroom product. And so I tried to find the best manufacturer or producer of mushrooms in that I could get a hold of. Yeah. And I found a company in British Columbia called Namex that cultivates medicinal mushrooms organically and have been doing it for years and are considered the world's tops. Well, real mushrooms um, is a, well, the, the real mushrooms is a spinoff of this company, this British Columbia company, Namex, that um, that cultivates the mushrooms. And so okay. um, real mushrooms got started eight years ago using those very excellent extracts in it and, and got started making these products for people. And so I, I, I knew about the quality of the raw materials. I knew about how successful real mushrooms had been in creating products for people. And when the other job ended, I went to them, natural progression to, you know, just I reach out for the best company I can work with because I that's my attention to excellence. You yeah, know? seems like it was a relationship meant to be. So that's yeah. awesome. That's really I'd neat. Like to, yeah. 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 <clears throat> and so uh, so I came at it. Uh, quite from a different, uh, from a different, uh, avenue, I guess, uh, I knew nothing about integrative medicine or anything else like that. I had no interest. I'd been a bartender all through my twenties yeah. and, uh, into my thirties. And then, uh, when I was, uh, back in 1996, when I was 36 years old, I was diagnosed with ovarian cancer and, uh, coincidentally, my dog waffles, uh, was diagnosed with mammary cancer at the same time. And so I had, I did have surgery and I had a giant, uh, it was an 18 centimeter cyst removed uh, that encapsulated my right ovary. And it turned out to, uh, I said, unless you're sure it's cancer, don't take anything else. And they closed me up. It turned out it was cancer and they wanted to do chemo and radiation and go back in and stage me, figure out what stage cancer it was. And something in me just said, no, um, I just, uh, I don't even know what inspired me to not want to do that, but I didn't. And, um, and so I had to figure out what I was going to do next. And that's how I got into integrative medicine first for, for myself. And I did everything Chinese medicine. Uh, I, I was a raw food vegan. I, um, you name it, um, macrobiotic diet, uh, herbs, supplements. Um, and I started, uh, and I started doing, I was, you know, and I was doing okay. And so I started doing the same things with my dog. I started raw feeding my dog, uh, back in 1996, there were no raw dog foods out there no. then except for there was Sojourner Farms, which was, uh, I think it was what a company was from Sojourner Farms, okay. which I believe was a company from England. And it was like this kind of grain mix that you reconstituted with water and added, you know, added the protein, the, the oh, beef okay. or, or chicken or something yeah. too. But, um, and I got into homeopathy with, with, uh, my dog, I found a veterinarian who did homeopathy mm -hmm. and anyway, I'm still here, you know, that's, awesome. that's 20, 27 years later. Yeah. Um, my dog waffles lived about another eight or nine years. Wow. Um, the, you know, the, the mammary tumor, it shrunk and it, you know, it stayed about at a certain level for years. And then one day it just, you know, almost overnight it blew up and she was gone in about a week, but I got, mm. you know, I got a good many years with yeah, her. You did. And yeah. so, um, so I got inspired. Um, I knew I wanted to get into integrative medicine. I had no interest in human stuff. Like the idea of working with humans did not appeal to me. Yeah, I get that. So I went back, I went back to school um, at 40 to become a registered veterinary technician and then went on to become a canine rehabilitation uh, assistant or, or practitioner. And uh, nice. then moved on to a company called Standard Process, a whole food supplement company yep. uh, where I taught veterinarians about nutrition and herbs. And, uh, and then the mushrooms basically took me away in 2020. I became... Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you develop a relationship with them. You might have a positive experience with mushrooms or something or an aha moment. And once you start engaging with them, it's like suddenly they're everywhere and suddenly people are yeah. talking, you know, that's the thing about mushrooms. And it's a buzz also, right now for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I heard about real mushrooms launching their pet line. And I, I basically campaigned for the job. I'm like, please hire me. Let me yeah. work with mushrooms for the rest of my life. Yeah. So, and I really knew of cool. course, doc Rob was going to be, uh, 
at the helm. So, um, yeah. So now you're excited. We're that's what we do now. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about mushrooms. It's, it's very interesting. Um, you know, since I, uh, you guys have probably read or familiar with the forever dog and how they talk about oh, how absolutely. like the, our pets are kind of like the canaries in the coal mine for us yep. and our health. And ever sure. since I've read that, I have, I have heard so many different stories in regards to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's kind of scary, yeah. but it's, it's, it's very interesting at the same time. Well, so true. Oh, yeah. our, our pets live so much more quickly than we do. They age so much more rapidly. So if they're mm -hmm. exposed to the same things we're exposed to that could cause cancer, they're they're going to manifest with that cancer yeah. way before we will. So yeah, I, yeah. in many ways, they sacrifice their lives for ours. It's mm -hmm. really yeah incredible. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's so true. I mean, they live. You know, well, they're closer to the ground. You yeah. know, so they're gonna they're breathing in the car exhaust. They're yeah laying on the carpet or the couch and all of these things have been treated with, yep. you know, whether, whether it's some sort of fire retardant or whatever, I mean, the amount of, um, the amount of chemical exposure they get, um, is, you know, yeah, they really scary. are the canaries in the coal mine yeah. and like, yeah. And they do have a shorter lifespan. And well, that, uh, that yeah. book, that the forever dog book is like the first, I remember the first, the first half is such doom and gloom. It's like, Oh my gosh, we're how, how do we get out of this? You know? Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's also interesting. Um, you were with Standard Process, our veterinarian that we work very closely with, Dr. Carlson at, at uh, oh. Lifetime. Do you know Dr. Carlson? Uh, know what What's her first name? Uh, Dr. There's Jim. A, a Dr. Jim Carlson at a Lifetime Pet Wellness Center. He's he's a I, he's a big deal here yeah. in Columbus. He's you know one of the the better known like integrative vets here. Um, but uh, that's how he got started on raw food, actually, was he was using standard process and saw what a difference whole food vitamins was yeah. making on his clients. Yeah. And he's like, there's something to this. And then started kind of dabbling with with real food as, as diets and started seeing results that way. And then he's yeah. now we have a really good relationship where, you know, I send clients to him. He sends clients to me when they want to talk about nutrition. And it's it's been it, yeah, it's really it's, beautiful thing. Yeah, it's so great when you have a veterinarian who is open minded to that, who like. Mm -hmm sees, you know, it's those veterinarians that see improvement in maybe yeah. a case that hasn't been resolving and like, they want to know what, what it was. I want to learn more about this yeah, and why that happened, you know, mushrooms are a whole food. You know, when you look yeah. at it, it's like, they're just mushrooms are basically functional foods. And so yeah, their own they kingdom, also right? fall into that yeah. whole food. Yeah. They're yeah. their own kingdom. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. Your dog or cat is a member of your family. You want the very best for each and every member of your family, and that extends right down to the food that they eat. For over 30 years, Northwest Naturals has been manufacturing the highest quality raw frozen pet foods in Portland, Oregon. For you, the pet owner, Northwest Naturals comes in convenient packaging, easy to open, easy to store, and easy to thaw and serve to your pets. Quality ingredients, food safety, and the highest standards for manufacturing practices are what make Northwest Naturals the best complete and balanced raw food for your pet. Find out more in our podcast show notes. Girls Gone Raw is an Ohio business started by a girl with an uncontrollable passion for pets and all things natural. By combining this passion with extensive research, they begin making all-natural, carnivore-focused treats and chews that both pets and their owners will go nuts for. Check them out at girlsgonerawpet.com. Um, before we cross over into the, the mushroom realm, I wanted to ask you guys what... Um, like, what do you guys feed? Like, what do you feed your pets? And is there anything kind of like fun or interesting that you do um, when feeding or, or what you feed or so on and so forth? Go for it, Rob. Um, I have a dog and a cat and the cats and the cats that I've had for the last 25 years have gotten what's called a prey diet. Uh, we nice. feed them quail. We buy quail from a game bird producer that are frozen and shipped to us and yeah. thaw them out one at a time and skin the feathers off and then just let them eat the whole bird. It's awesome. And, you know, my, my last, my last group of cats lived to be 19, 20 and 21. I'm working on a new group now. And okay. they're only like a year old. <laughs> are they your pets or your, your test study? I'm kidding. They bear the burden of being a vet's pet. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. You know, that's pets get, you know, we kind of experiment on them. Sure. They're our own. You I know, do this. I, I do the same thing. I'm not a vet, but I do the, I do the same exact thing. So. And then my dog, Ollie, um, he's been getting, you know, a homemade diet of raw meat and raw vegetables and a uh, small amount of grains for many, many years. Yeah. Um, 
recently he's gained a lot of weight and um he, we lost his partner dog that they were active with and he's he's got ptsd so i feed him a lot and food is kind of the key to getting him to be happy so I, I, my fault, he was like 14, 15 pounds overweight. So in order to get his weight down, I've actually put him on a commercial diet where I had exactly, a, I could know exactly the number of calories I'm feeding him. Yeah. So I could, control that. I've gotten 15 pounds off of him. So now I'm going to go back to the raw meat, raw vegetable diet and no carbs this time and, and feed him smaller portions so that I can keep him at that weight. Cause he, he has, um, he was found as a, as a puppy with a, with a dislocated hip and a broken leg at, at like four months of age. So his hips aren't that good. And with that extra weight, he was just really failing. Yeah. Now he's got a little kick in his step. He's light and nice. feeling good. Good. Yeah. Good. That's awesome. Really cool. And I have a, I have a little dog. She's about 12 years old. Her name's Scruffy and I keep it really simple. I give her, she never eats the same thing in her bowl, uh, two days in a row, like something different. I, I rotate and I work on, uh, I, I keep it at three things. Uh, there's always three things in her bowl. Um, I, uh, I'm lucky enough to live in Virginia around a lot of regenerative farmers. And oh, so nice. I don't know if you've heard of Joel Salatin and Polyface Farm, yeah. but I'm an hour and a half from him. So once a month I go and I buy my meat from him. So it's beautiful, organic, pastured, regenerative meat uh, that she uh, that she eats. I also uh, I'm right now I'm very excited about Viva Raw uh, yeah. that I feed. But then I put, it'll be like, so the, so maybe it'll, there'll be some Viva raw in the bowl for breakfast along with a raw egg and yeah. some, uh, uh, some raw, uh, raw goat's milk, uh, fermented goat's milk. Mm -hmm. And in the evening, she'll get something different. Um, uh, she loves uh, two nights a week. It's sardine night, which is your favorite night of the week <laughs> where she gets one sardine yeah. along with, uh, you know, I also, I love the, um, yeah, the green juju. Uh, oh, yeah. I do a lot of the, um, uh, the, uh, I do, I love the beets and the Bailey's blend and some of the other, oh, yeah. uh, some of the other frozen. I'm, I'm just, I'm not a cook wow. and I'm very busy. So I like to buy the frozen, yeah. uh, green juju. And I like the prime, I actually like the primal, the mussels, uh, there's oh, also, the, they have the a nice frozen. Elixir. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Scruffy really likes that too. Yeah. Then I put the supplements, I mix the, the mushrooms or yeah. the different supplements. Wow. In. So lots of yeah. good variety. She's got like, yeah, it's That's when awesome. I, when I travel and I have a pet sitter come over, like I oh, can man. see their eyes rolling. <laughs> I open the fridge and like half of my fridge is yeah. just like Scruffy's food, but you know, yeah. I don't have kids, you know, she's yeah. my, she's my kid. Yeah. Oh, um, I get it. I get yeah. it. I mean, I have kids, but I still treat them like kids too. So yeah. that's awesome. We, um, we're, we're big proponents of getting a lot of variety and it's, yeah. it's weird. A lot of people have a, um, this mentality, I think, you know, just through generations of just feeding the same thing every single day. Right. And it's like, really, I can change like what I feed, like, you know, yeah. um, yeah. and it's funny yeah. when a lot of times when people transition their pets to raw food, they, um, they see such a, a big difference in a positive way right. that they don't want to change anything up. You know, they want right. to stay on that food and not get any, they don't want to try a different protein or a different brand. And I'm always like, we got to, we got to start incorporating different things, you know? Um, yeah. So that's, that's awesome to hear that you do that as well. Yeah. The more you, the more variety, I mean, you can put, I could put anything in her bowl yeah. and she's going to eat it and not have stomach upset. And, you know, just one, one last thing. I mean, you know, there's the dub between the diet formulators and all the things out there. I just, over the years, you know, I just, as long, I, I have found that as long as there's a lot of variety in the, in the feeding routine, my, my pets stay, you know, they stay I've, very robust. And oh healthy. yeah. I've, um, I always think about this. There's a, uh, I don't know, you guys may have seen this. There's a, there's a documentary. I think it's on Netflix. Maybe, um, it's called the white wolf kingdom. Have you seen this? Mm -hmm. Um, so this guy, yeah. Donovan something, he's a national geographic explorer and he, he pretty much goes, he's an Arctic circle, um, following this pack of white Arctic wolves, on like a four wheeler. And he's pretty much living with this pack for like half a year or something like that. Anyways, he follows the pups around and the pups, it's so crazy. Like we're always like so paranoid about making sure they have, you know, every single meal is complete and balanced and you know, this, that, and they, these, these pups, you know, they would go days without eating anything. And then they might get like a bone, you yeah. know, to gnaw on and then a couple of days, nothing. And it may be a good meal. Um, and then they grew up to be these huge, beautiful white 
majestic wolves. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but they're getting such variety and, and, you know, different things in your diet. But I don't know. I always, I always think about that. Dr. We, we interviewed Dr. Uh, Billinghurst, Dr. Ian. Uh, yeah. Billinghurst, and, um, he's like, yeah, wolves don't have, you know, they don't have spreadsheets out there in a while. <laughs> Like, yeah, sure, they don't. Yeah. Um, they also don't have the flame retardant and all the toxins yeah, that, that too. you know, being yeah. uh, being indoors too. Yeah. You and know, the heavily processed yeah. food and everything else. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Um, since we're talking about diet, um, would you consider would you guys consider mushrooms as part of like the species appropriate diet for dogs and cats for our pets? They very much are. In fact, I've just written a, a blog uh article um for a um a um, another podcast, which is called the plant powered dog. And it's all about vegan diets for dogs. And it's been worked out very well by Diane Lavadure, um, who's co-authored by Jean Dodds, this book called the plant powered dog, in which she gives recipes as, you know, really, really gives it the way you need to do it. And Cause you know, dogs can be vegan, they can be vegetarian, but you need to make that you need to be a little more fastidious and making sure, sure they get the right nutrients. So mushrooms as far in nutritionally, they're high in protein, high in fiber, low in carbs, low in fat. So they're really very much a paleo kind of an ingredient for food, could fit in well with a ketogenic diet as well. The big thing about mushrooms is they need to be cooked. They're so fibrous when they're raw that you're not going to get, if you eat them like that, you're not going to be able to extract any nutrients and certainly not the medicinal properties to it. Some mushrooms raw even have a very, some very mildly toxic components to that that need to be cooked in order to be, you know, um, removed. Mm. So um, yes, mushrooms are, could be a very good part of a dog's daily diet in terms of the protein. Of course, all the, you know, the superfood aspect of it, all the immune modulating, you know, health benefits to the mushroom come along with the nutritional benefits as well. And all animals eat mushrooms in the wild. I mean, I don't know about fish, if fish are eating some sort of fungus on the ocean sure. floor, but yeah. You know, everything from snails to wolves to rabbits, um, deer, they all eat mushrooms and uh, uh, certain rabbits. Uh, there have been reports of rabbits and deer that can even eat the uh, the emanator Floyd as the death cat mushroom oh. uh, without the toxic effects. But we should say just as a disclaimer, like nobody should be out picking mushrooms in the wild and giving it to their pets. Like, do not feed your pets mushrooms that you find foraging unless you're an expert mycologist because there's a lot of lookalikes there are poisonous mushrooms out there this is why you know there's somewhat of a mycophobia among veterinarians because sometimes their only introduction to mushrooms is dogs in the emergency room that that have eaten a, a poisonous mushroom sure so um What's the, uh, there's a joke about this, like every mushroom's edible at least once. Once. Yeah. yeah. Every yeah. mushroom's edible once. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think most people are kind of cautious about mushrooms anyways. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's the people that to just start to learn how to identify mushrooms that then go out and forage that are at the most risk because they yeah. don't have experience, yeah. but they've got the passion to try it, you know, and they, they sure. need to be constrain themselves a little bit and not eat the stuff. You know, you know I think they yeah. have, I think they have like a identifying app for mushrooms. I would, not, I don't know if I would trust it because it's, it's not a hundred percent accurate. I've yeah. got a few apps. They're not, They're I, not wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust recommend it. them. Yeah. Yeah, that's how the uh, leaf ones are for like plants. I've used those and like, they're not accurate. So yeah. I can only imagine for mushrooms. I yeah. mean, aren't there like tens of thousands of mushrooms that we haven't even, that we know, There's that we don't even between, know? Between between two and 6 million varieties of fungus. So that's a yeah. lot. Wow. Um, and if there are some Facebook groups, uh, tons of them, you know, mm. like you could go on Facebook and search Ohio mushroom hunting yeah. and pull up a lot of mushroom groups. And there's a lot of experts there that can help you identify. You always want to take a picture of the, the side of the mushroom, the top of the mushroom, and then the underside so that whoever's looking at the photographs can see, does it have gills or pores? Yeah. Um, what does the stem look like, et cetera? Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I, I, I'm photographing all the time and posting, posting them in the, you know, in the mushroom groups for identification. Yeah. yeah. I actually had, I, you know, I have a question for Doc Rob, something that I've been thinking of that is that pertains to this. I hope, I hope it's okay, Anthony, for no, me to yeah, go ahead. just reach out and ask it. Absolutely. 
So <laughs> all animals eat mushrooms, but animals don't cook their mushrooms, right? I mean, we know that the cooking of the mushrooms is, you know, is going to release the medicine, but animals eating mushrooms in the wild, are they, I mean, they're getting the benefits of the fiber and they're probably still going to maybe access the vitamin D. Um, would that, do you think like what, what, what benefits would they be getting like wild foraging mushrooms? Uh, you know, these, these wild animals, sorry, I don't mean to put you on the spot, Rob. It's just been a curiosity for me. No, no, no I, I can take the question. Um, <laughs> the, the mushrooms that I've seen that have been nibbled on by animals generally have just been nibbled on. It's not like they're consuming the whole mushroom. So maybe they're not actually eating the whole thing. They're just taking smaller amounts of it and certainly it could serve as fiber. I think that yeah. wild animals have a much more aggressive digestive system for what they eat than our domesticated animals. And it may be that they are better adapted, you know, to um, to eat them. They're certainly not going to continue to eat them, you know, from a survival standpoint, from an evolutionary standpoint, unless it does provide, you know, some benefit. But it's a good question. I'm not sure there is, you know, really a good answer to that. We'd have to actually, you know, follow an animal and somehow, you know, um, a wild animal and somehow get, you know, some kind of measurements of it before right. it the mushroom and maybe do a fecal analysis to see how much mushroom comes right. out. Yeah. It's good speculation though. It's Sign me up. Curious. I would yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause okay. like I, <laughs> I'm in. We're having a, we're having a banner mushroom season in Virginia right now. Yeah. And there's mushrooms everywhere. And like, I'll go out and I'll see the mushrooms and I'll go out later in the day to look at them again. And something has come and oh, consumed all of them. So, yeah. you know, I, I think they nibble, but I think there are animals that do eat the whole mushroom. Um, and I was just curious about, there must be some benefit. Um, I also wonder it's just tasty to them. I don't know. I wonder if, um, you know, how, like when, when carnivores, um, you know, like, like dogs or, or wild canids, you know, have very little amylase in their gut, if any. And, but when they eat like the pre-digested food and say a deer or a rabbit, it's kind of broken down, fermented. Mm. I wonder if that helps at all. Like, so if a rabbit, for example, is eating mushrooms and a wolf catches it and eats the intestine, you know, eats what uh. is in the intestines that's already been fermented and broken down. I wonder if it's somewhat more digestible or if the protein and fat is more accessible that way. I don't know. I, don't I would know. think that it is. I mean, amylase doesn't yeah. play a role here because mushrooms are so low in carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. um, and it may be that wild animals have a higher um, 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 hydrochloric acid production, you know, in right. their stomach to better digest things, protein in particular, sure. which may also aid in the breakdown of these wild mushrooms that they're, that they're ingesting. But in terms of our domestic animals and in terms of our people, we think that the wise thing to do is to yeah. cook these guys in order to really, yeah. their goodies, you know? Yep. Yep. Definitely. Agreed. We are so proud of our sponsor today, our friends at Steve's Real Food, who help make the Fangs and Fur podcast come true. Steve's makes real food from locally sourced ingredients that enable you to give your dog or cat nutritional meals every single day with no fillers, no preservatives. Anthony, what do you like best about Steve's? I like a lot of things about Steve's, but one is their long history. They've been doing it longer than most. The second thing is they use whole food and only whole food ingredients. They don't use synthetics. It's just real simple whole food. What do you mean simple? Well, when people look on the back of a bag of kibble, they see a long list of ingredients that most people don't even know what they are. You'd almost have to be a chemist to know. When they come into Fangs and Fur, I'll pull out a box of Steve's Real Food and I'll show them what's in their food. And what you see is beef, beef heart, beef liver, beef kidney, raw goods, milk, broccoli, and a bunch of other whole food, real food. And Mozzie likes it too, so of course I'm a big fan. I know Anthony and I love their mission statement to produce food that is good for your pet and the land that they walk on. So come into our shop, Fangs and Fur, to learn more about Steve's from Anthony or visit stevesrealfood.com. We look forward to seeing you at Lifetime Pet Wellness Center. We have a friendly, professional team and offer conventional as well as integrative medical options like acupuncture, chiropractics, nutritional medicine, stem cell therapy and PRP, and more. Visit us at LifetimePetWellness.com, Instagram, and Facebook to learn more about us. Um, so we're, like we were talking about before, we've, we've done some podcasts with... Um, 
with with Julie about about mushrooms before and, and um, there are different ways of harvesting and and also it's just like some basic education. So I feel like we've gotten that part, you know, what the mush the fruiting body is and the mycelium and how those how those work. Um, but I was kind of curious how how you guys um, how how you guys harvest your mushrooms and kind of like what makes that different and why that's why yeah. that's really important. Yeah, very different than Julianne. Um, Rob, yeah. do you want to share? Okay. Our- well, you know, I shared earlier, you know, about how I thought the, the you know, with was the best mushroom company globally that was producing, you know, very clean, you know, medicinal mushrooms. And mm-hmm. um, that is this company called Namex, a British Columbia company that's the parent company to real mushrooms. And they cultivate their mushrooms in China, in the highlands, far away from pollution. Um, China is responsible for cultivating 85% of all the mushrooms in the world. Wow. They have, they've been doing it for a thousand plus years. So they have also the best technology and the best experience. Mm-hmm. The founder of the original company, Namex, went to China 40 years ago and started working with the growers there. He even introduced to China organic mushroom growing. And so our mushrooms are grown in China. We know there's a real, you know, stigma with China, especially among parents, you know, and, you know, crediting the the 20, the 2007 pet food recall as being, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, probably the the quintessential moment that gave us all that lack of trust and things from China. But we make sure when we're aware of that. And so we, we double our efforts, we triple our efforts to make sure that everything is tested, everything is clean. And, um, and we have the, we have, you know, the analyses to prove that. So we are, we, we grow them in China to fruiting bodies and they're, they're processed with hot water. And some of them are processed dual extracted with both hot water and alcohol to enhance the potency of their, um, of their fat soluble components, their um, triterpenes primarily. And um, we're very comfortable with the quality of our mushrooms. And because we we do grow them in China where labor costs are not as high as here in North America, mm-hmm. we're able to offer really high quality uh, mushroom extracts at a price that's affordable to most consumers. Okay. That's my, that's my Interesting. story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you guys, um, what kind of like substrate like it's i'm I'm still kind of confused on how mushrooms yeah. are grown like i feel like sometimes yeah. like they're yeah. like these like wild crafted mushrooms and sometimes they're uh yeah. grown differently like in bags i'm just not quite like how how do you guys yeah. do it not so we grow weeds, on but... we grow on wood we grow on their natural substrate oh, so okay. sometimes on logs oh yeah we do, we don't um you know or uh sawdust yeah. uh so yeah, um, we do not. What you're describing is the the uh, the mycelium on grain uh, mm-hmm. where they grow the uh, where they inject the my uh, the some sort of grain that's in a bag yeah. with the mushroom spores, uh, and they allow it to then the mycelium. And so, and this is what me uh, the, what we do. There you go. Rob is showing the picture right, of it. Um, yeah. Julianne is also she does not use the mycelium on grain. So we do, yeah. we, we have that, that in common. I think she does more wild harvesting uh, yeah. than we do. She does a beautiful job with that. We, we don't do the, the mycelium on grain. And I'm sure that Julianne probably talked to you about this. One of the challenges, bit, yeah. it's just really, it takes a long time to grow mushrooms. They're, you know, mm. mushrooms are very, um, you need ideal conditions uh, to grow them. They can take three to six months before the actual mushroom, which is the part that you see that pops up above ground to grow. And um, you need, you know, you need like the right environment, the right temperature, the right moisture, everything. Whereas um, mycelium, mycelium grows very fast. And so what happens is a lot of companies, they, to cut down on costs, you know, for other reasons as well, they don't wait for the the actual mushroom to pop up, or maybe a few of them have popped up. What they do is they take that grain that has the mycelium growing in it. There's no way to separate the mycelium from the grain, so they grind that up in, into powder and they call it a mushroom. Which you might be getting a lot is of not grain. a mushroom. Yeah. You're you're getting well, and it's not a mushroom because there's three parts to a fungus. There's the mushroom, which is the part above ground. There's the spore and there's the mycelium, but it would be like me saying here, I'm going to give you an apple, 
and then I give you the root of an apple tree. It's just right. not the same thing. Um, so that's, you know, we, we don't, we don't use any of the mycelium. We don't, we don't, none of the, you know, there's no grain in our, in yeah. our products, uh, no fillers or anything like that. Beautiful. Is, um, is there something about China that makes it like the climate there and, and stuff like that, that makes it more like a, just a good place to grow mushrooms? Well, I mean, you know, Pacific Northwest is a good place to grow mushrooms. Yeah, too. I've heard. Uh -huh. but, but yeah, certainly the moist environment. For instance, I'm in Colorado, and mm -hmm. I am totally envious of Joni and her habitat there in Virginia. Yeah. yeah. I barely, you know, yeah. I think maybe one one mushroom, you know, two mushrooms a year, and that's yeah. about it. We had a real rainy season. Yeah. Uh -huh. So I've seen some more. Um, but yeah, you know, you need that moisture, definitely. Yeah. And, and this jar, I, I'm kind of a hobbyist as well. I grow stuff here in my basement, you know, good stuff for the kitchen. This was only a week's worth of growth. I mean, that's how quickly you can myceliate it. So yeah. from a business model standpoint, you know, they can convert that to a product that they could sell really quickly. And um, whether that has benefit or not, it probably has some benefit because we hear anecdotally benefits. We're just up. We just want to see within the industry truth and labeling. We just yeah. want the consumer to be able to know what they're getting when they go to get it. Yeah. I mean, if my dog had cancer, I would not want to feed it mycelium on grain. Yeah. Well, grain yeah. might be a nice kind of a postbiotic sort of type of product to use, you know, for wellness and maybe for GI health. But if my dog had cancer, I'd want to be giving it turkey tail, you know, mushroom itself, sure. something had potency and had history behind its use to treat something like that. Sure. Yeah. And just to go back, uh, going back to your question about China and the growing conditions. Yes. Yeah. You know, great growing conditions, but also the experience. I mean, I was just, I'm preparing uh, my a PowerPoint for a presentation I'm going to be go uh, doing. And I was reading about like shiitake growing they weren't using it medicinally. Uh, it's, it has about a thousand years of medicinal use, but about 5,000 years of cultivation. So they've been doing this for a very long time. Wow. And, you know, they know these are like generations of families who have been growing mushrooms, who know how to do it. And, you know, additionally, like, I, you know, I love the idea of things being wildcrafted. Don't get me. I think there's a lot of benefits to wildcrafting, but what I love about how we cultivate and, and, and the controlled conditions is that we, we can like grow a particular strain that we know is high in beta glucans, which is a, you know, it's a, a Rob can tell you more about beta glucans as a, it's a, a polysaccharide, but mm -hmm. the wonderful thing about beta glucans is it's something that can be measured and a high quality mushroom product is always going to be high in beta glucans. So to be able to grow under you know, under conditions that you're controlling. So you always get that high beta glucan content. There's a benefit to it, especially when we have veterinarians and people yeah. treating their animals for cancer. You want to know that what's in that bottle is going to be the same as what the last bottle was in the bottle before. Wild crafting, I'm not saying you can't do that, but I think it, it, there's a little more challenge to it. Yeah. So it's one of the things that I like about how we, how we're growing. Yeah, that's very cool. It's, it's neat. It's like you guys are, um, it's kind of like this blend of, of it's almost like a blend of kind of like wild craft it's, and science, right? And yeah, it's, well, it's, we're blending, yeah, we're blending the the oldest tradition with modern science, basically. Right. That's a better way to say it. Yeah. 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 That's really yeah. neat. Um, speaking of which, have you seen, you're kind of touching on this, um, have you seen kind of like an uptake in, in veterinarians using mushrooms in their, in their practice? Absolutely. Yeah. I've been, I've been. Um, touring the country. He's been busy. Oh, nice. <laughs> Many different veterinary conferences trying to raise their awareness and trying to let them know that mushrooms are not just that poisonous thing that the dog gets in the backyard that, you know, they get, you know, that, that sends them to the ER. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've been getting, we've been very, very well rewarded by the interest in by many, many veterinarians, you know, because again, just as I found early on in my practice, we have great tools in conventional veterinary medicine. We've got good tools in, in alternative veterinary medicine, but we're always looking for more good stuff. And mushrooms really check all the boxes in terms of safety, in terms of potency, and in terms of the wide range of applications that mushrooms can be used for in, in pets. 
Yeah. Rob is speaking at a veterinary acupuncture conference next weekend. Then he's mm-hmm. at the Southwest Veterinary Conference in September. He's uh, speaking at a veterinary hospice conference. Also, he'll also awesome. be at the American Holistic Veterinary Medical Association Ooh. annual meeting in San Diego. And all of these events, he's uh, talking about mushrooms. Additionally, so I, I, um, that's exciting. One of the one of my jobs is opening accounts for practitioners with veterinarians being, you know, among the practitioner base. Mm-hmm. We opened more accounts for veterinarians last year than any other practitioners and doctors, nurses, acupuncturists, chiropractors, veterinarians. We opened more accounts than anybody else. Oh, great. So, you know, it's uh it's they're they're coming around. And um actually we just uh we just did a talk, was it last week or the week before for a veterinary oncology practice? So, oh, wow. um, so would that, would yeah. that be, um, are you, what, what would be like the common applications for, for most vets as a kind of like what you're seeing right now? Like, what are they kind of yeah. using them for? Well, I think, I think probably the highest calling that everyone thinks of with mushrooms is cancer, mm-hmm. you know, and, and their immune, you know, enhancing benefits. Certainly when we had the COVID, a lot of people, um, you know, reached out for mushrooms to help protect them as well. And there's actually some good studies out there now showing that there is a protective benefit taking mushrooms with COVID. But mushrooms, and, and that would probably be their highest calling, but but some of the same mushrooms that we use to treat cancer um, also have antihistaminic properties. So if you're talking about a type of cancer like mast cell cancer, I don't know how familiar you are with that particular yeah. type of of cancer, but mast cells are the immune, are the allergy cells in the body. And so they release histamine when they're stimulated, you know, by antigens and by, you know, allergens that are affecting them. Well, same with the mast cell tumor, it has all that histamine in it. Mm-hmm. So you can use a mushroom that has an antihistaminic property because otherwise you'd be using an actual antihistamine or a steroid, but it also has these beta glucans in them and other molecules in the mushroom, which have a, a an effect on the cancer in terms of causing it to slow down its growth or stop its growth or reduce its metastasis or reduce its angiogenesis, all the things that promote the growth of cancer. So, so in that regard, we have cancer, we've got, and the antihistaminic mushrooms can also be used for seasonal allergies as well. I didn't know Um, that. I was going to ask you this because we, being in the region we're in, in the Ohio Valley, you know, we're in a valley, so all this pollen drops in and we have a lot of dogs that, that wrestle with allergies. So um, I didn't know this about mushrooms. Yeah. So it'd be so good to know. Not only, do, not only do the mushrooms have these antihistaminic um, molecules and called triterpenes, many mm-hmm. of them are triterpenes, but their beta glucans also help to balance the immune system because, you know, with allergies, the body reacts to things that really aren't danger to the body. It's a little bit out of balance. And so the beta glucans can help to balance the immune system and help with these allergies. There are studies that show that beta glucans do have an effect on the immune system to reduce its reaction, its reactionary nature, you know, with allergies. And to have a mushroom that also has antihistaminic properties is like icing on the cake, you know, yeah. when treating that. Yeah. At Girls Gone Raw Pet Health, our goal is to provide unique, nutrition-packed, carnivore-focused, dehydrated treats and chews that your pets will go nuts over and that you can feel confident feeding them. We hand-select only the highest quality, human-grade meats, foster relationships with small, generational family farms, and scour the market for the freshest, most unique products. So get fresh and go raw with us. Follow us on social media at Girls Gone Raw Pet Health for nutrition tips and industry news, and find local retailers and shop online at www.girlsgonerawpet.com. Your dog or cat is a member of your family. You want the very best for each and every member of your family, and that extends right down to the food that they eat. For over 30 years, Northwest Naturals has been manufacturing the highest quality raw frozen pet foods in Portland, Oregon. For you, the pet owner, Northwest Naturals comes in convenient packaging, easy to open, easy to store, and easy to thaw and serve to your pets. Quality ingredients, food safety, and the highest standards for manufacturing practices are what make Northwest Naturals the best complete and balanced raw food for your pet. Find out more in our podcast show notes. Also mushrooms, and I'll let Jody talk about this in just a second. There's also mushrooms that reduce stress. 
There's also mushrooms that help with cognition. Some of our older dogs, you know, they wind up having trouble even finding the dog door because they're getting this geriatric senility. We call it canine cognitive disorder. And I'll let Joni take off over from here because she, yeah. she, this, this kind of leads in, this kind of leads in my next question of like, how, how do we kind of, as an average dog owner, how do we find like what's the best mushroom for our specific pet? And I know there's tons of different pets with different yeah. um, ailments yeah. and allergies and things like that. But yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But oh, this no, kind of went into a, my next question. All. Yeah. yeah, not at all, Anthony. I'll, and I'll answer answer that because you know one of the most challenging things is trying to figure out which mushroom is for what. Yeah. And the 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 beauty of mushrooms is all of the mushrooms that are all mushrooms that are safe for humans are, are safe for animals. And all mushrooms are anti-inflammatory. Uh, all my, you know, mushrooms have anti-neoplastic properties. So like, you know, pretty much any mushroom you give is going to have a positive benefit. Um, there's a, uh, what, what Doc Silver was talking about with the, the allergies, the um, reishi and chaga are two mushrooms that are great for their anti-allergy effects. We have a product called Five Defenders, which is a combination of five mushrooms. It's got the reishi, the chaga, the maitake, shiitake, and turkey tail. And uh, there, um, there are veterinarians that believe that the, the synergy of mushrooms working together gives it an extra benefit. There's a clinical study on the benefits of uh, reishi, uh, shiitake, and maitake together. I, I call them the holy trinity of mushrooms. So I love... Uh, I think that mushrooms, any animal, like every animal, puppies up to geriatric should be on a mushroom pro, uh, product. And that the, this five defenders product is going to, is like a whole body support. That's going to cover all the bases. Okay. Now, if you're dealing with something like a cancer, uh, turkey tail seems to be the popular cancer mushroom because there were some uh, studies on turkey tail and hemangiosarcoma. Uh, there's been a couple studies, unfortunately not, the greatest studies, but it got a lot of excitement um, in the in the veterinary community and, and among pet parents. And what Doc Rob was talking about as far as cognition, I'll just try to make this story really quick. But the, it's what got me into mushrooms. I um, I was working for another company uh, before Real Mushrooms that was formulating a product that was going to include lion's mane mushroom, and I knew nothing about mushrooms, and I was going to be teaching my veterinary community about how to use this product. So I started researching lion's mane. And because of my background in canine rehabilitation, I had worked with a lot of dogs with degenerative myelopathy, also called DM. And it's a, a disease where the myelin sheath that kind of surrounds the spinal cord starts to wear away. And these dogs lose the use of their, starts with losing the use of their rear legs, very common in German shepherds, boxers, corgis, yep. et cetera. And I read a clinical study on the potential ability of lion's mane to regenerate the myelin sheath. So I got very excited. And so when the product came out, I sent it to all my rehab vets. I said, hey, try this lion's mane product out and let me know how it works with your DM cases. And I sent it to like 12 different veterinarians because um, I'd, I'd been working with them for over a decade and, yeah. you know, uh, and what happened was the feedback from them was that for DM, some of them saw a positive effect, some of them saw no effect, um, which is pretty typical with DM. It can go up and down um, as far as how animals seem to respond. Yeah. But all the pet parents wanted to keep the product because they were seeing signs. They were noticing the cognitive function in their pets was improving because these dogs with DM were also older dogs. And so very specific things like one, one pet parent said their dog found, was finding the dog door. They couldn't find the dog door for six months. Wow. And suddenly the dog was finding the dog door. Another dog was uh, picking up toys and initiating play. Uh, dogs making direct eye contact with the owner, uh, wow. not vocalizing at night. Oh, there's some bug flying by. Wow. <laughs> um, but, and I kept, and I've never had an experience where, literally all the veterinarians said they were getting positive feedback and I wasn't even looking for cognitive feedback. You know, yeah. that was not, I was looking for something else. And that was really the aha moment for me that like, okay, if lion's mane can do this for cognitive function, what can other mushrooms do? Sure. And, um, 
so that's what that's what Doc Rob's referring to. It's like I think any animal um, that has an uh, uh, an aging dog uh, would benefit from being on lion's mane. Traditionally, lion's mane was used to support the gut. They've only just recently discovered the benefits, uh, the cognitive benefits of lion's mane. Lion's mane is not the only mushroom that supports cognition. Um, tremella, cordyceps, reishi also can support cognition. Am I missing any, Rob? No, you know, it's interesting, but all mushrooms seem to have kind yeah. of a effect on yeah. the system. Not sedating, just yeah. a little chill. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, um, it's interesting that, have you ever heard a theory that like, um, the mushroom kind of looks like what it heals. I think it's like an oversimplistic theory, but uh, it's kind of signatures. Doctrine. Yeah. The doctrine of signatures. Oh, is yeah. That, there's okay. Yeah. yeah. It's very interesting. Cause you're talking about lion's mane and I've seen pictures of it and it looks like for people brain. that don't know. It looks like a brain. Yeah. 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 Like, like cures like, yes. That's yeah. one of the principles of homeopathy. In fact, yeah. right. Yeah. We're very familiar exactly. with that. I just never applied it to mushrooms. That's very, that's very interesting. Yeah. Um, and lion's mane, just one last thing. The reason yeah. that like lion's mane for the longest time, it, it was very rare. It's very, when you find a lion's mane in the wild, it's like, I've only found one. I found one last year. I'm out looking almost every day for lion's mane. It's very, they're very rare in the wild. And they've only recently within the past decade learned how to cultivate them um, on a large scale. So lion's mane is now our most popular mushroom, uh, at least on the human side. Yeah. Um, are mushrooms kind of like, I feel like just through talking with you guys, like there's, you guys have, have, you guys know so much about mushrooms and there's, I feel like it's kind of like CBD. Like we're only just kind of scratching the surface. Is that what's kind of happening right now? Like there's, there's more and more stuff that we're discovering about it. Like it's healing, it's healing in ways we don't even understand at this yeah. point. Yeah. Well, especially around our pets, you know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's so new to the pet space that, you know, it's going to be, you know, over the next couple of years, people, you know, uh, pet parents are going to be using it for this or for that. And vets are going to be trying it for this or for that. And we'll get a better idea of, you know, kind of the full scope of how mushrooms can fit into um, pet health, you know? Yeah, it's Absolutely. exciting. It's really exciting. Absolutely. And uh, I'll just add, I'll just throw it out there. Also, the magic mushrooms, the psilocybin is going to be finding its way into pet health as well. Oh, really? Um, oh, yeah. For things like, uh, you know, uh, anxiety, PTSD, behavior yeah. issues. Um, I have so just many like with people. Yeah. friends that are getting into the whole microdosing thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. There's, like I said, there's been a big buzz about with, with mushrooms in the last, like, yes. I feel like in the last, like, six months to a year, especially. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's really fun. It's fun to be a part of. Um, I have, I'm, well, first of all, I'm really excited. I just, I just joined the, uh, the, um, the wholesale portal for, uh, for real mushrooms. So I, I, saw, I should be yeah. putting an order in soon. <laughs> I kind of wanted to talk to you guys before I started ordering stuff, but I already got some ideas writing some stuff down as you were talking about them. So I'm excited. Awesome. Um, I'm sure our customers will be too. Um, you were, you're talking about something. This is my last question and it's super random, but it's a, this theory that like it fascinates me. Have you ever heard of the stoned ape theory? Yes. Like where very much so. Yeah. 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 Very interesting. I think they have it. Yeah. I don't know if it's Terrence McKenna. That's yes, his, his, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. For people that yeah. don't know, well, how would you describe it? I, I feel like I always butcher this, but like, it's essentially yeah. the theory is that apes kind of got a hold of mushrooms at one point and that helped develop the brain faster. Right, and right. Weeds. Rob, do you want to do you want to uh, feel this or would you? Like <laughs> <laughs> it's just to pique my own interest. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's um. I actually, it's one of my slides that I was just working on with my oh, really? PowerPoint. It's fascinating. Yeah, the psilocybin. Um, it could have helped. Um, because you know their their brains grew pretty rapidly. Uh, right. you know, and you know, uh, taking the magic mushrooms. You know, they might have found them and ingested them and. Mm learned how to work uh, better together as a group so that they could hunt more efficiently together, um, you know, uh, more rational thinking uh, yeah. or, or creative thinking, sure. uh, et cetera. Although um, our colleague, uh, there's a medical herbalist named uh, Lee Carroll, who is now, he has a theory called the gourmet ape theory, which he uh, talks about uh, their ergotheanine, which is an antioxidant uh, in, in mushrooms that uh, is a great um, uh, uh, 
it's great for longevity, et cetera. He's wondering if it's the ergotheanine and mushrooms that also contributed to, uh, to that growth as well. But yeah, the stone ape theory is very cool. Like they were living longer, experiencing more things, learning more, and then passing that on. Interesting. Yeah. But the, the, I think the mushrooms are, uh, yeah, the, uh, I think mushrooms are, I really truly believe they're going to, they're going to save the world. I mean, they're eating, they're eating radiation in Chernobyl. They're, you know, oh wow. Um, there's a very cold <laughs> diaper study where like mushroom oyster mushrooms can like basically consume dirty diapers as food and then grow oyster mushrooms that can be eaten. Oh, they wow. did uh, the study in Japan. It's just kind of insane. I Crazy. mean, I wouldn't want to eat no mushrooms that came out of they were sterilized dirty diapers, right. but still, but it's still cool that they can um, do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's still cool that it that they can do yeah, that. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. Um, well that's, that's, um, this has been awesome guys. I've, I've really enjoyed our conversation. I don't, was there something I missed or something you guys wanted to, to say before we ended our conversation? Um, well, I, no? we've covered a wide range of topics here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm kind of all over the place, but oh, I, this is, it's such an interesting topic for me. And, um, I, you know, I've, it, it really piques my interest. So, um, yeah. I, I will say that, uh, doc silver and I do once a month, we do a, a Facebook live Q and a, it's usually the last Thursday of the month, but because we're going to be traveling next week, it's actually going to be tonight. Oh, um, beautiful. we're having our Q and a, and we usually cover a different topic tonight. We're talking about cordyceps, but then we just basically take questions. Um, uh, and, uh, so people can come on, uh, the, we have a real mushrooms for pets page, uh, our regular real mushrooms, Facebook page. Okay. We also have a page called real mushrooms insiders. And so, um, you can go on and if you have specific questions about mushrooms or, uh, your pet, I mean, we can't diagnose or prescribe of course, but yeah. you can give a general, general feedback. Um, and just so everyone knows they can find, I mean, it's realmushrooms.com is the website. And then I think it's real underscore mushrooms is the Instagram. Is there like a pet one or is that just like the general Instagram? It's the general one. And then you guys have the Facebook pages as well. Awesome. So plenty of ways to get in contact with you too. Absolutely. In some way, shape or form. Awesome. Well, again, like I said, I'm really excited to get some products in our shop and um, and start seeing some results. So uh, thank you guys again so much for taking the time to kind of educate us on, on mushrooms. Um, I know we've kind of bounced around some dates and we're trying to to get this out. So I'm, I'm, I've had a lot of people ask me, like, when are you going to interview the real mushroom people? So um, <laughs> here we are. So I really hey, appreciate I'm it. I'm glad it worked out. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys. And thank you, Dr. <laughs> so, Silver, for waking up super early. I didn't realize you're on mountain time. So oh, it's, um, it's I appreciate perfect. that. Yeah. Nope. Nope. All right. Would you, are you, would you like any guidance to our, our products, whether either on the air or not on the air, you know, because you, you know, you're, there are some that I think are worthwhile knowing about and to kind of, I can describe the product. Oh yeah. I'd love to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, one of the first things I did when I came on board was we took the existing single mushroom products that were encapsulated for humans and had them encapsulate them in smaller sized capsules to be more accommodating to to the smaller pet sizes. But we have many people who will buy the human products with the higher, the larger sized capsules for larger sized dogs. So we really have kind of two different dosing tiers for smaller animals or for larger animals. We also have pouches and we don't have the pouches labeled as pet products. We have the smaller capsules labeled as pet products. And on the pet labeled products, we also have dosing recommendations, but the pouches we have labeled for humans, but many Pet parents are buying them because it's more cost effective. It's easier just to scoop some powder out and put it in the food at mealtime. So we have those as available. All of the all of the products that are in the real mushrooms inventory for human use can be used for pet use. I've developed some dosing recommendations and algorithms that can help you adapt those to pet use. But then we have two soft chews. You know, soft chews are really, you know, the the treat-like, you know, um, dosage forms that contain um, 
you know, mushrooms, but also contain other things. So we have, we, Joni mentioned our five defenders, which is our blend of five very, very potent mushrooms. We have that in a soft chew and we've added to that some blueberry powders an antioxidant and um, some, um, um, and some ashwagandha and astragalus, you know, as far as adaptogens, you know, and some olive leaf. And it's very tasty and it can be very, a very easy way to give a lot of immune modulating potency. But what may be of more interest to many pet parents is our relaxed chews, which contain the reishi and the lion's mane, those two very relaxing mushrooms. Reishi is used by Zen masters as a meditation aid. But I've also added to these soft chews tryptophan, which, you know, is the precursor for serotonin, theanine, which is the amino acid in green tea that gives green tea its zen that makes green tea not all buzzy like coffee. And then some other herbal um, calming herbs like catnip and valerian and lemon balm and passion flower. These are very effective in terms of helping, especially with dogs that have noise phobias or social interactions. And I have found as an expert on CBD that when we combine CBD and CBG, which is what um, my own branded products had in them with this relaxed mushroom chew, the the calming effect is even more profound without actually being sedating. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. It almost makes them more alert, but chill, you know, and they're yeah. they chill. You know, there's some reason for them to do something. So those are, you know, if you're looking at, at, um, at products to add to your inventory and your shop, then, yeah. you know, this, this can help guide you in, in that regards. Yeah. And Anthony, I can send you, uh, Dr. Silver put together a beautiful ebook that describes each mushroom and its uses and also a dosage chart. So I can oh, email you both, both of oh, those. I'd love yeah. that. Yeah. Cause yeah. we, yeah, um, absolutely. We're like, kind of like you guys, we we're really big on educating. That's our big, mm-hmm. that's what makes us different than, um, other retailers. Yeah. And so it's also training our, our staff as well and making sure, sure they're trained up and, and me too. So, um, with with that, I have a question though. With that, um, the chill out blend that you were talking about, um, relax choose, relax yeah. choose. Um, is there is there a certain time that you need to administer those, or like maybe outside of feeding time, or does that matter? Like well, you know, I know with like CBD, it's kind of important as far as when you administer it because the way it can be absorbed in food. I don't know if mushrooms and these other um, ingredients do that as well. Um. Generally, I think you can give the mushrooms with food, and I don't Mm -hmm. think there's a problem with that. With mushrooms in general, we think that it's better to use it long-term every day. But Mm -hmm. because of the tryptophan and some of the other calming herbs in the relaxed mushroom chews, we get a more immediate effect. You can oftentimes see a benefit even with an hour or two of just giving your first dose because of the other calming elements that are in it. But for the benefit of the mushrooms that are in it, they really should be given on a daily basis. So let's say you've got a pet who is sensitive to thunderstorms, you know, and you're yeah. living and it's time of year when those thunderstorms are going to be every freaking day, you I've know? Got, got one of those. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've got that here too. So, and and Ollie, he freaks out just over the wind, you know, that, that's coming up, mm-hmm. much less thunder. So what I do for him and what I suggest is that we keep them on that relaxed mushroom chew on a daily basis, maybe add the CBD as well. But when it gets, when the, when it becomes obvious that it's really becoming a problem, then you can add, you can double that or triple that dosage or add an even higher dosage of CBD or CBG or, or calming cannabinoids to that to take care of that of that immediate um, fearfulness. So okay. um, that makes sense. I hope, I hope that answers it. With CBD, yeah. we, we find that if you give it with food, you're going to get five to 10 times higher blood levels with CBD. So you don't want to give CBD fasting, by the way. That's what all Oh, you don't. Do. Okay. Absolutely not. So you want to give it with food or? Absolutely. In fact, the best food to give CBD with is fatty food. For a dog, the best, the quintessential fatty food for a dog is canned cat food. So, you know, mm. so that, you know, so you can kind of put a little bit in, or even milk, you know, a little bit of milk, you know, a little yeah, bit of butter. Maybe kefir or something like that. Exactly. And what they found is that when you give it with some fatty food, it gets absorbed, it bypasses the liver, so it doesn't get degraded and and bypasses the liver and then goes directly into the circulation. So there's studies 
horses, studies in people, studies in rats, studies in dogs, all of which show better absorption with food. Oh my gosh. I've been telling people the wrong thing. I was told, well, to, I was told something very different um, kind of, with the company. Kind of but... You have to follow the studies, you know, yeah. and, yeah. and it's important to do that. And, you know, because before I read those studies, that was my suggestion as well. Yeah. yeah sublingual, you don't, you know, you want to get better absorption. You don't want, you know, right. and it turns out that it's better with food. Okay. As you far as, as outside of the relaxing shoes, just like your basic, uh, I don't want to say basic, but like your lion's mane and, and maybe the, um, what was the product that you guys, the uh, five defenders? Five defenders. Yeah. Do you, a lot of companies recommend like pulsing supplements, like maybe doing, you know, using up a supplement and then changing that up next, the next cycle. Do you guys recommend doing that? Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't think you really need to. I okay. think mushrooms, yeah. I think mushrooms especially have a, a good effect long-term. I don't think there's anything wrong with changing them up. You know, I yeah. think they're, so, but I don't think that that's really the the effect. I think one reason why we talk about changing it up is because, you know, you get an immediate reaction when you take something new. I call that the green effect. You know, mm -hmm. when you're just taking a new supplement, you can really feel it. But when you take that supplement over a period of time, it's not such a new feeling. So you don't feel it so much. But just because you're not feeling it doesn't mean it's not working. You know, those antioxidants are still in there, scavenging up all those free radicals, the, you know, and so on and so forth. So, but the thing about giving mushrooms on a daily basis is it winds up having a cumulative effect. And there's something okay. that we call training the immune system. So once you've got the, you know, enough time on board with mushrooms, maybe let's say a month or two, you can then take a break for a week, even for a week or two, and still have all the same benefits. For myself, I take a lot of supplements. I take a break on the weekend. I just, I stop, you know, um, I stop doing my little stretches and stuff. Weekends are kind of my my time off. There's yeah. nothing wrong with stopping for a few days like that. And okay. it, can just, it can just get, it may not be have health benefits. It just gets tedious giving those every day yeah. over and over again. Take a break, you know, make it easy. Don't be stressed by that. Don't let the animal get stressed by it as well. It's, you know, supplements only work when you give them, you know, and, and if sure. you get too stressed out from giving them and you stop, then they're not going to help. Sure. Awesome. Well, that's great advice and very counter to what I've always thought. So <laughs> um, I appreciate it. It's awesome. Um, well, again, thank you guys. I'm, I, like I said, I'm really excited. Uh, we don't really yeah. carry many mushroom products yet. You know, I, we do carry some from Adored Beast, but um, nothing like what you guys um, are doing. So I'm, I'm thrilled. So awesome. I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Really yeah, fun. this has yeah. been great. Yeah. Awesome. Thank, thank you very thanks much. Thanks again, guys. Yeah. Okay. Well. We'll talk to you. So if you have any questions, feel free to email us too. Yeah. You guys seem like you're very your, accessible. So I appreciate yeah. that. And uh, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure I'll be in contact with you guys in regards to different questions and stuff like that. Awesome. So, awesome. Thanks again. Thanks. So if you have a question that you want us to answer on our next podcast, you can find us a few different ways. You can send an email to danielle at fangsfur.com. You can find us on our website, fangsfur.com, or you can direct message us on Instagram at fangs and fur pets.